Welcome to the Grind It Podcast. You know, life can be such a grind at times, and so we're here sharing God's Word with you to encourage you to keep grinding and to not give up. It's time to grind. So here's the host of the Grind It Podcast, the old school skateboarder himself, Randall Tucker. Welcome back to the Grind It Podcast today. We're going to try and finish up the book of Acts. We're going to go through Acts 26 through 28 because it's basically the same thing that we've been talking about except there's going to be a a, a trip to Rome and a shipwreck. Um, Paul has given his defense. Uh, He's given his testimony, if you will, to the mob that nearly beat him to death. Uh, He's given his testimony to the high council. He's given his uh, defense to Felix, the governor uh, over Caesarea. And then uh, he leaves office, Festus comes in and takes his place, and, and immediately he uh, has a hearing for Paul because he wants to please the Jewish people that he's residing over. Um, and then after he can't make any accusations against Paul, because Paul has uh, appealed to Caesar, uh, he wants Agrippa, who is visiting Festus, um, to hear Paul's testimony. And that's exactly what Acts 26 is all about. Paul starts out telling Agrippa that he is fortunate that he is able to give his defense before Agrippa because Agrippa uh, is an expert, this is according to what Paul says, that Agrippa is an expert on all Jewish customs and controversies. Now, why would Paul say that about King Agrippa? Well, if you just do a little research on King Agrippa, uh, you would find out something like this, that uh, he is the eighth and the last ruler from the Herodian dynasty, Uh, His great-grandfather was Herod the Great. Uh, He was the fifth member of this dynasty to bear the title of king, but he reigned over territories outside of Judea only as a Roman client. Agrippa was overthrown by his Jewish subjects in 66 AD and supported the Roman Roman side in the first Jewish-Roman war. It was this Agrippa that uh, Paul is talking with. It's Agrippa II is who it is. It was this Agrippa who finished the work on the second temple that was started by his great-grandfather, Herod the Great, in 63 A.D. Uh, Herod Agrippa had a a palace in Jerusalem that he lived with his sister, and according to the historians of his day, uh, they were living in incest, which was even banned by uh, uh, the uh, the Romans and the pagans back in his time. But since he ruled in Jewish territories, he would be very well familiar with the Jewish laws and customs, which is why Paul said that he was fortunate to have Agrippa to hear his defense. And so Paul rehearses his story before Agrippa. And I want to point out uh, just one detail that Paul gives to Agrippa in uh, verses 9 through the first part of verse 12. He tells Agrippa, he says, I used to believe that I ought to do everything I could to oppose the very name of Jesus, the Nazarene. Indeed, I did just that in Jerusalem. Authorized by the leading priest, I caused many believers there to be sent to prison. Now, this is the detail that he mentions. He says, I cast my vote against them when they were condemned to death. So when Paul was going around grabbing men and women out of their homes and dragging them to prison, he said that they were voted to be put to death, and Paul said, I cast my vote against them to be killed, to be murdered. He says, many times 
I had them punished in the synagogues to get them to curse Jesus, probably by beating them. They'll tell them what he did to these people in these synagogues. And he's trying to get them to denounce Jesus. And, and he said, I, I, I did whatever I had to do in the synagogues to, to get them to curse Jesus. I was so violently opposed to them that I even chased them down in foreign cities. And we know that that's how he met Jesus in the first part of uh, verse 12. He says, one day I was on such a mission to Damascus. And that's when he uh, met Jesus, when Jesus shined that light around Paul and knocked him off his horse and had that conversation with him. But he says, I was so violently opposed to them that I even chased them down in foreign cities. That's plural. So Damascus is just one example that we have of Paul doing this. He went to different cities going from house to house and getting men and women who followed Jesus and bringing them to prison and he would cast his vote against them to be put to death. Paul was a murderer and just like I ended the last podcast, if, if, if Jesus could take a man like Paul and, and change his life, he can change yours. He can change anybody's. He can give you a new purpose, a new direction and, and, and he will do just that if you let him. So, Paul gives a testimony to the resurrection of Jesus and uh, uh, to Agrippa. And as Paul is uh, talking about Jesus' resurrection, Festus interrupts him and he calls him a madman. And here's Paul's response. It says, Suddenly Festus shouted, Paul, you are insane. Too much study has made you crazy. And in verse 25, Paul replies, I'm not insane, most excellent Festus. What I'm saying is the sober truth. And King Agrippa knows about these things. I speak boldly, for I am sure these events are all familiar to him, for they were not done in a corner. In other words, they weren't done in secret. They were done out in the open because Jesus was out there on a cross, you know, outside of town. And, and Agrippa knows that these Roman soldiers did this to Jesus. And Agrippa knows that Jesus uh, was resurrected from the dead. He said this wasn't done in secret. It was done out in the very open. And in verse 27, Paul turns to King Agrippa and he says, do you believe the prophets? I know you do. And Agrippa interrupts him and he says, Do you think you can persuade me to become a Christian so quickly? And then after this, Agrippa, along with his sister uh, and Festus, the governor, they, they get up and they, they leave the room. And Agrippa tells Festus, he says, He could have been set free today if he hadn't appealed to Caesar. But Paul is getting these opportunities to speak with these people who are in power, just like Jesus said he would do. And he's going to get uh, the opportunity to speak in front of, of Nero um, here soon when he gets to Rome. So and that's the, it, that was about it for Acts chapter 26. In chapter 27, Luke... As being a doctor, and we've seen all through the book of Acts how he gives his, uh, a lot of details in his writings. He does the same thing here in uh, chapter 27 when he gives this detailed account on their trip to Rome. and He, he gives things like this. He's, he talks about where they started the trip, the Roman officer's name that is in charge of the prisoners. He gives the name of the home port where they started the trip. He gives the name of all these cities or these places they sailed to, how the weather was, how many people were on board the ship, how the wind was blowing on certain days and how it wasn't blowing very strong on certain days. 
Um, and so, you know, the, the ship wouldn't really go very fast or it wouldn't go very far at all because of the, of the wind not blowing very strong. He mentions that the, uh, the end of fall is, is uh, uh, about to be there and how winter is approaching and, and how Paul tried to explain to the captain of the ship that they didn't that they didn't that they needed to uh, stay in a port called Fair Haven uh, for the winter. But in the, these people, the captain and, and, and the sailors, they refused to listen to Paul. And because they went ahead and sailed, they ended up having uh, to sail in, in a hurricane, and it was cold outside. And Paul, uh, Luke even gives uh, the details on this and how they were. Uh, in this storm for two solid weeks and how it uh, eventually destroyed the ship just like Paul said that it would if they set sail and of course they didn't listen to Paul they set sail and they paid the price and Paul even told them <laughs> when you go if you go and read Acts chapter 27 Paul even says see you should have listened to me and this wouldn't have happened so um as they discover land, when they're on this ship, they, they start to abandon the ship. And Paul tells them, uh, and this is some of the more detail that Luke gives, uh, they start to abandon the ship. And Paul says, look, if you leave the ship, you're going to die. But if you stay on the ship, you'll live. And everybody will live. Nobody's going to lose their life unless if you jump overboard and you head for land, you're going to die. And and uh, they, I think they learned at this point that they better listen to what Paul says. And so they, they cut the the lifeboat off and it, it floats away and they all stay on the ship and nobody loses their life even after as the ship gets close to land and it starts hitting the rocks and it busts all the pieces and they're grabbing onto planks and anything that they can and and they float to the shore but all i think if i remember correctly luke says it's 276 people on board that they live they make it to the shore and then um we come to the last chapter uh, Acts chapter 28 and as they all get to the shore uh, just as Paul said they would Luke says that they discover the name of the island where they're at is Malta and the local people uh, had been seeing what was taking place and they're trying their, their best to help the people you know as they come to shore and what they do is they build a big huge fire so they can get uh, help get these people uh, warmed up and, and uh, who had been on this ship and Paul was gathering some sticks and he's throwing them on the fire when this venomous snake just comes out of the wood Luke says because of the heat and the snake's trying to get away from the fire and and it latches onto Paul's hand or his arm and and and, and Paul basically lifts up his arm and when he does this snake this venomous snake is hanging from his arm and his hand and and the people are looking at him and they're just waiting for him to swell up and die immediately. But Paul doesn't do that. Paul doesn't even get sick. He, he, he just has no reaction and he takes the snake and he, he shakes it off into the fire you know, and it kills the snake and, and the people are sitting there watching Paul and, and they just assumed that since this snake had bitten Paul that he was a murderer. You know, He's just some terrible person. But now that nothing's happening to Paul they come to the realization that oh he must be a god a little g a god because he should have died from this venomous snake bite but nothing's happening to him so they just assume that he is a god and in verses 7 through 10 luke writes 
Near the shore where we landed was an estate belonging to Publius, the chief official of the island. He welcomed us and treated us kindly for three days. See how, the, how Luke gives these details and he gives it, you know, these time frames. And he says, as it happened, Publius's father was ill with fever and dysentery. And Paul went in and prayed for him and laying his hands on him, he healed him. And then all other sick people on the island, they get wind of what happened here. And they came, they came to Paul and they were healed. And verse 10 says, As a result, we were showered with honors, Luke says. And when the time came to sell, because they're, they're, remember they're heading to Rome, when the time came to sell, people supplied us with everything we would need for the trip. So God continued to use Paul uh, to bring hope, to bring joy, as he is traveling to Rome with the, these uh, these other prisoners that are on this ship, and and um, they're all just probably on their way to be tried like Paul is, to be heard by the emperor. And in verse 11, Luke uh, is going to start out with the details again, and we'll get into those details of their trip on into Rome when we come back from break. We'll be right back. Have you ever watched The Wizard of Oz? He meant, and in particularly, uh, the lion. You know what? What a coward, right? Uh, lions are supposed to be fierce, but this this lion on The Wizard of Oz was was nothing but a coward. Um, other animals they they fear the lion because he is the king of the jungle. And what did the lion on The Wizard of Oz lack? He lacked courage. Whether it's serving the Lord or doing something different than the normal in life, one thing that holds us back is the lack of courage. Joshua had big shoes to fill when, it, when, when Moses had died and God chose Joshua to lead the Hebrew people into the land of promise. And you can read all about that in Joshua chapter 1. But three times God told Joshua these words, Be strong and courageous or be strong and full of courage whether it is serving the lord or doing something new in life quit holding back quit procrastinating and be strong and courageous and get with it so the the ship has run into into the ground into rocks and has busted all the pieces um, I believe Luke said it's 276 people on board the ship. They're all alive, just like Paul said they would if they would stay on the ship. They floated to shore. Uh, the, the local people there on this island of Malta has built a fire. They have, they have taken care of these people. And when Luke starts giving his details again, in verse 11, he, he, he tells his readers that they were on that island of Malta for three months before they set sail for Rome again so for three months I mean because like when you read a, a, a the Bible and you read a passage it sometimes when you're just reading through it you know it just takes a few seconds to read through it and you don't really think about these time frames but Paul is on his way to see Nero because he's appealed to Caesar and and he you know he's there on the island and and and, and instead of worrying about what you know his fate is gonna be he is concerned with these 
people on this island and he's sharing Jesus with these people. He's sharing the hope of the gospel. He's, he's giving them the hope of the resurrection. He's, he's giving them a chance for eternal life with God in heaven. And, and, and to back up his messages, he's healing people. And he's saying this is, you know, and the reason why I'm saying this is because we know Paul's messages from the past. He's saying this is not me doing this. This is God doing this through me. And so he's, he's just offering these people joy and hope as he has done uh, ever since he's given his life to Jesus. And he has gone into these uh, places where people have never been before and sharing Jesus and, and, and sharing the gospel with, with people. And, and he continues to do the same thing even here on his way to Rome and then they set sail again and Luke's giving details about all the different places and that where they anchor and they visit and how long they visited and they they visited with believers that lived in those places and then it happens in verse 16 Luke writes when we arrived in Rome Paul was permitted to have his own private lodging though he was guarded by a soldier. So they eventually get to Rome, and when they get to Rome, Paul is still a prisoner, but yet he is given freedom. He, he's given a, a, a private lodging, and he's not really in a prison like, you know, like he would later on be um, when he is going to be eventually be beheaded under Nero's reign, uh, and he is going to be kept in a maritime uh, prison, one of which is a prison like you would think in those days, where it's cold and dark and and just nasty. Here he has uh, he has freedom that people can come and visit him, and they're and they're going to do so because uh, we'll see that uh, here. This is uh, I want to read you how Luke ends the uh, the book of Acts, and in Acts chapter twenty eight, verses twenty three through thirty one, this is what Luke writes. He says, so a time was set because the very first thing that Paul did was meet with uh, the, the Jewish leaders in Rome. And he wants to tell them his story and what's going on. And, 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 and basically what happens is when he tells them who he is and why he is there, they tell him, we, we don't know anything about this. Nobody from Jerusalem has sent word about you or anything, which, which I'm sure was surprising to Paul. Uh, because the believers that are in this area had heard that Paul was on his way to Rome. So, I mean, so obviously the news has spread about Paul. And, and so there were some expectations for Paul's arrival. And so I, I just, I can't help but to think that this was shocking to Paul that the Jewish leaders back in Jerusalem have not sent word about Paul to these the Jewish leaders in Rome. And so... Uh, in 28, 23 through 31, Luke writes, So a time was set, and on that day a large number of people came to Paul's lodging, because Paul couldn't go anywhere, they, but they could come and see him. And he explained and testified about the kingdom of God and tried to persuade them. This is the, the these Jewish leaders there in Rome is who he's talking to here. And he tried to persuade them about Jesus from the scriptures. I mean, whatever, what better thing to use than the scriptures he had the old testament scriptures he had the the writing he had the law of moses and he had the psalms and he had the prophets and that's what these people will be familiar with and that's what paul is going to use things that they were familiar with scriptures that they should know that pointed to the messiah 
And Paul is trying to persuade them that Jesus was the Messiah that they were looking for. And so Luke says that he tried to persuade them about Jesus from the scriptures using the law of Moses and the books of the prophets. He spoke to them from morning until evening. You know, we have a hard time sitting in church service for an hour and a half to two hours. And you know, it, 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 don't let it get past 12 o'clock because you, you'll see people all the time just get up and leave just because it's 12 o'clock. And they may have something on the stove or something. Or they got something to do or whatever. But we, we fuss that the preacher preaches over 30 minutes. You know, we, we just come up with all these excuses. But here, here's Paul speaking to these people from morning until evening on a daily basis. And some were persuaded, uh, Luke says, by the things that he said, but others didn't believe. And after they had argued back and forth amongst themselves, so there's, there's, there's discussion going on between Paul and these Jewish leaders there in Rome. He's given them an opportunity to, to ask questions. And, and he's given them answers to their questions. And, 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 and they would give a rebuttal to his answers. And he would, you know, he would uh, dis discuss with them what the prophets said and, and what the prophets mean and the law of Moses and how they all pointed to this man, Jesus. And Luke says, after they argued back and forth among themselves, they left with this final word from Paul. The Holy Spirit was right when he said to your ancestors through the Isaiah the prophet, Go and say to this people, when, you're, when you hear what I say, you will not understand. And when you see what I do, you will not comprehend. For the hearts of these people are hardened, and their ears cannot hear, and they have closed their eyes. So their eyes cannot see, and their ears cannot hear, and their hearts cannot understand, and they cannot turn to me and let me heal them. So Paul says in verse 28, So I want you to know that this salvation from God has also been offered to the Gentiles and they will accept it. You know, Paul's saying, I've been from city, from city, I've traveled all over the countryside and, and I have went to Jews when, because when he would first go into a city, that's the first thing he would look for was the synagogue and he would go into the synagogue and, and he would find the Jews there and he would explain to them the script through using the scriptures that Jesus is the Messiah that they've been looking for some people would believe but many wouldn't and those that wouldn't would often stir up the riots that the that the uh, the the Jewish leaders in Jerusalem would accuse Paul of doing it wasn't Paul that was causing the riots it was the Jews who didn't believe Paul's message and they didn't believe in Jesus they were the ones that were causing the riots and Paul said, you know what, everywhere I've traveled, I, I, I've seen this one too many times. And, and he says, I, I, I'm going to leave you with this word. And he said, I, I, I can tell you right now, you Jews, you have your eyes closed, your ears closed, your understanding is closed, and it, you can't turn to God. You will not allow God to work in you. And he says, so I want you to know that this salvation that I'm telling you about through Jesus Christ, who is the Messiah, He is from God. This salvation is from God. He's God's very own Son. Has also been offered to the Gentiles. But you know what? The Gentiles are open. Their ears are open. Their eyes are open. Their understanding is open. And they receive what I have to say and what God has to say. And they will accept it. And they believe it. And then uh, Luke writes in verse 30, 
that for the next two years, Paul lived in Rome at his own expense. So for two years, even though he was a prisoner and he had a, a soldier watching after him, he had freedom and people could come in to the place that he stayed and visit with him. And for two years, Paul lived in Rome and, and people would come and see and listen to Paul. And it's, Luke says that he welcomed all who visited him boldly proclaiming the kingdom of God and teaching about the Lord Jesus Christ. And no one tried to stop him. So even though he, he's waiting to be heard by Nero and he doesn't uh, uh, really know what his fate is going to be, he could die or he could be released. And, and we'll talk about that in just a second because what happens beyond Acts chapter 28 uh, and there's some, there's many people who have put things together, uh, but uh, and we'll talk about more about that in just a second. But but Paul, even though he didn't know what his fate was going to be, he did not let that deter him. He knew what his mission was, and that was that he was eventually going to get to speak to Nero, and he was going to get to share Jesus with, with Nero himself, and give his defense, and give Nero the opportunity to be saved which obviously Nero rejected because he has Paul killed later on down the road. Spoiler alert. And, uh, but Paul did not let that deter him from his mission. He shared Jesus boldly on a daily basis with all these people who came to see him. And he would give them the hope of the resurrection, the, hope, the same hope that we have today that we put in Christ Jesus, our Lord and our Savior. So... What happens after Acts chapter 28? Well, according to tradition, Paul was released by Nero around the year 62 AD and he travels to Spain to continue to spread the gospel. He may even travel to some uh, former places that he minister at, ministered at in the past. Um, there's plenty of information, like I said, on Google. You can, you can Google it and there, there's people who have pieced this stuff together using scripture and using uh, the the uh, early historians and and um, it's pretty interesting to read but uh, Paul would eventually end up back in Rome where he is kept as a maritime prisoner and uh, he is beheaded in AD uh, 68 AD under Nero's reign who started persecuting Christians after the fire in Rome in 64 AD because if you remember, um, a lot of people said that Nero started the fire because he wanted that place to, to build a palace, which he eventually did build the palace there. Um, and then he blamed the fire on the Christians. And, and, and you can read about his persecuting of Christians and how he would take Christians and tie them to poles and pour oil on them and just light them on. Uh, while they're still alive, he would light them on fire to light up his gardens. He would bury Christians up to their, leave their heads sticking up out of the ground, and he would drive his chariots uh, 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 over them and around them and just playing games with them. He would throw them uh, in, into the games where they would have to fight these wild beasts. And, uh, uh, and, and tradition has it that Paul was beheaded, and also uh, Peter was also crucified upside down under uh, Nero's reign. Um, but I will end Acts uh, with this. 
Paul was, was one of many who risked their, their lives for the sake of the gospel, getting the message of Jesus out there. I mean, they literally gave their lives for the gospel. Their lives were centered around Jesus. Everything that they did was focused and centered on the gospel and Jesus Christ. They literally gave their lives so that we could have our Bibles, our uh, our scriptures, so that we can read what they endured and we can read about what Jesus did for us and dying on the cross for our sins and, and being resurrected on the third day. And, and, and they literally gave their life so that, that we can have the opportunity to have the hope that they have in Christ Jesus. And so um, the question I want to leave with you is this. Will you be like those believers who said yes all along Paul's journeys? When he would share the gospel with them, many believed, especially among the Gentiles, and they, they were baptized for the remission of their sins, and they would live for Jesus no matter how bad the persecution got. I mean, many were losing their lives, but yet they, they, they stayed faithful to Jesus. They said yes, and they followed Jesus, and their lives focused around and on Jesus. Will you say yes like those believers, or will you be like the Jews who heard the message and they walked away not believing anything that Paul had said, even though he used the scriptures to prove what he was saying was true, that Jesus is the Christ, Jesus is the Messiah, Jesus did die for their sins, and without his blood washing away their sins, they're lost, and they will be eternally separated from God if they died that way, and many of them did. Many of them died lost because they said no to the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ. What are you going to say? Are you going to say yes, or are you going to say no? You have to make a decision. And if you don't make a decision, you're making a decision anyway. So thank you for joining me through this journey and the book of Acts. It's been, it's been awesome. It's been uh, 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 very eye-opening for me. Um, not exactly sure what book I'm going to go to just next. You just have to keep listening to, to see. I'm considering the book of Matthew. But I may jump into Paul's letters. I'm not, I'm not sure yet. I'm going to be praying about it and see what direction uh, God would want me to go in. But God bless you and keep grinding and I will talk to you real soon. Thank you for joining us today on the Grind It Podcast. Please feel free to share this podcast with your friends and your family so that they too can be encouraged by the power of God's word. If you have any comments or questions, just email them to thegrinditpodcast at gmail.com. Remember, keep grinding and God bless you.